Welcome back to the Cordell and Cordell and Men's Divorce Podcast. I'm Scott Trout, CEO and Managing Partner of Cordell and Cordell, and we continue to bring you uh, latest information, topics, uh, talking points about men facing divorce before, during, and after, uh, even paternity cases, just custody issues, and today is no different. We're going to talk to you about experts, something we haven't talked to you about in the 19 or so weeks that we've been doing this and the podcast that we're doing twice a week now and including our virtual town hall, which we do monthly. We haven't talked about it and I'm joined by Jamie out of Colorado Springs. Welcome. Hey, Scott. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for joining. And before we get started, as usual, everyone who is a fan and watches, I always warn this is not legal advice. We don't want you to act as though this is attorney-client relationship. We really are just talking about some things, an educational tool things to just get you to your attorney and to ask questions. Uh, but obviously, if you want to ask us questions or you're, you know, want to seek counsel in Colorado Springs, you can call us at 866-DADS-LAW, 866-DADS-LAW, or on the web at CordellCordell.com. We're available virtually, telephonically, where appropriate, keeping health and safety in mind in person. But, you know, we're uh, available, and you can reach out and find out more information to us. So, Jamie, let's talk about experts, um, parental experts. Uh, that's something that you don't hear a lot. Um, I think when I look at other podcasts and I hear other lawyers talk, they talk a lot about forensic accounting or psychologists, but we want to use the word in particular, you're using the word parental experts. Maybe just tell guys what that means and what, um, what they're looking for and what those types are. Sure. Um, yeah, parenting or parental experts really, like you said, it isn't something that you hear very often, but surprisingly, they're very common when um, there is a custody issue and the parents can't agree on what sort of custody schedule is best. Um, quite often, there's going to be different opinions from each parent as to, you know, what the child wants or what they think the child wants. And a parenting expert is someone that is typically vetted and kind of um, already been approved by the court in a particular jurisdiction. And they are usually either a psychiatrist or a psychologist who specializes in children and children therapy. Um, and a lot of them are highly skilled in certain issues such as parental alienation, um, which typically is something that's hard for a judge to be able to pick up on, and even, um, you know, experienced attorneys. And so um, these parenting experts are, you know, they are professionals who typically, you know, work in the community that the case is, you know, going on in. Um, but they're well known by the courts. They're going to be well known by the attorneys. Um, and essentially what they do is they're going to be appointed by the judge to do an investigation. And um, the investigation is simply meant to find out what's going on with the children, um, what does each parent want, and what recommendations should be made to the court. What does this expert think is best for the children? Um, and so while a parenting expert is, you know, never required, it's not a necessity in every case, sometimes they can be very helpful when there just is too much conflict and the parents just cannot agree at all. You know, with any expert, I mean, it's this fine line of, is the recommendation binding on the judge? Or in reality, does the judge give such great weight to an expert that in reality it is binding? I mean, the judge is going to follow whatever they do anyway, because sometimes judges don't want to make decisions and they take the path <laughs> of least resistance, right? So right. it's not me, it's the expert that did it, right? So yeah. is that really true with these kinds of experts? 
Yeah, you know, it, it depends on the judge, to be honest, because in, specifically in Colorado, it's not required that the judge accept their recommendation. Um, they're meant to, you know, help the judge, but the judge is the ultimate trier of fact, and he issues the orders. But in practice, typically most judges, I would say, automatically defer to the expert's recommendation because they assume this expert is going to be more knowledgeable and will have spent more time interviewing everyone and really getting a good grasp on what the issues are. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, the judge is only going to have a few hours to get to know these people and find out about the issues before they make a, a decision. So while it's not required that the judge defer, I would say that the majority of the time they do. However, there is always a few judges who um, just will always basically assume that their discretion and their decision is best. And so they yeah. may pay attention and look at that recommendation, but there are a few judges who will always do what they're going to do, regardless of what the experts say. And that is always the risk. And, and, and I think as guys listening and watching right now, that's a conversation with their attorneys like, look, it sounds great. But you're kind of putting perhaps all your eggs in one basket. It's like a like a guardian ad litem or, or, or attorney representing the children is. It is a little bit of a wild card because you have a lot of work to do because they could be. And I always explain to my clients when you're in the courtroom, you know, you have a table and perhaps you know you and your wife are on opposite sides. Well, that third party, that guardian, that expert, which side are they going to take? You know, and and it's pretty strong, right? If it, if this expert starts sitting on your side pretty uh, convincing and I think that's kind of the dangers of um, of thinking about this expert but there are great advantages too meaning like for example we have a lot of clients and I know you do too they come into my office and say well I want my son to testify or I want them to go into court and tell you exactly what's wrong with mom and you know I, obviously these experts can testify as to child hearsay right Yes, absolutely. And that's typically one of the biggest benefits um, for having a parenting expert because um, specifically in Colorado, the courts are um, very, very hesitant to have children actually meet with the judge and talk to them. That's incredibly mm -hmm. rare. And so it, the problem becomes mom is going to get on the stand and say, well, I know that my son wants to live with me primary. That's what he told me. And then, you know, father's going to get on the stand and, you know, he can say, well, he told me that he only wants to see mom on the weekends. And none of that is allowed because each person is going to basically tell the judge, you know, what they want, but they can't admit or speak for the child, that's hearsay. And the judge isn't going to typically bring the child in to find out what they want. So the problem becomes, well, how do we let the judge know what the child wants if the parents can't say, um, and the judge won't interview the child? And so that's typically where, um, if there are very strong opinions from a child that I would typically advise a client, you know, you might want to consider then a parenting expert, um, especially if the child appears to be mature enough to be giving an independent opinion about what they want. That yeah. expert then is going to be able to put in a report to the judge or to testify to the judge about what the child said they wanted, which is gonna carry a lot of weight for the court. And especially, you know, when I do used to do these seminars in person around the country, you, know, you get a hundred guys in a room and I'd always talk about parental alienation syndrome, PAS. And, you know, I'd say, how many have heard of that? And you get one, maybe two. But I mean, that has to be 
you know, trying to prove parental alienation is is so difficult. And so I've always talked about retaining an expert. That's got to be an advantage here is getting them to help you, you know, navigate through the potential facts and proof of parental alienation, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Parental alienation is something that typically requires a long pattern. So there's got to be a long history of incidents and issues and certain behaviors on the other parent that cumulatively add up and say, okay, this is parental alienation. But it takes a really highly trained person that you know can spot that and can see what's going on, that they aren't looking at certain incidents in a vacuum, that they're looking at the whole picture. And so, yes, if I had a client come to me and, you know, start telling me over the years about things that, you know, mom is doing, um, it, you know, may start to sound like parental alienation. And then I might say to them, you might want to consider an expert. Um, The other issue with parental alienation is a lot of people don't realize that, specifically in Colorado, it's hard to get a full day hearing in front of a judge. Typically, in most jurisdictions in Colorado, you're limited to two hours, maybe four hours max. Mm-hmm. And if both sides are going to you know, have to split that time, you are really not going to have enough time to go back and show the judge all of the you know, evidence that adds up to parental alienation. And so an expert not only can spot that and you know, see it for what it is, but they can spend plenty of time to actually, you know, get all of the facts so that they can report that to the judge. Otherwise, there's just not enough time. For some dads out there, the coronavirus pandemic has become a pretext to limit access to their children. Other dads have been pushed out of key decisions affecting their children's lives. If you're one of those dads, Cordell and Cordell is here for you, as always, but with expanded services. We can meet you in person or by video conference on weekdays, evenings, or weekends. Our goal is to step up our service to meet your needs now. So, you know, guys watching and they're thinking, okay, if it sounds like this is going to work for me, this sounds like a great idea for my case. If I ask for it, do I have to pay for it? Or is this something that the courts can allocate the cost? And then let me add a last and probably most important question is, how much is it going to cost me? Yeah, so the issue with parenting experts, the cost is completely up to the judge, meaning how he's going to allocate it. The actual fee is going to be set by the expert, and they're typically going to be the same Um, you know, from expert to expert in that legal community, just based on the market. But the judge has the ultimate say as to who will pay that fee. Typically, uh, what I see is that the parent who is asking for the expert and the other parent is saying, we don't need one, the judge is going to say, all right, the requesting parent, you're going to pay for it up front, but we're going to reserve the ability to reallocate a portion of that fee to mother at the end of everything. Um, Sometimes if the both parents agree that an expert is is needed, which is pretty common actually, um, then it's easy to just get the court to order it to be split equally or the parties just, you know, voluntarily agree, we'll split the fee equally. 
But as far as, you know, what is going to happen if you ask the court to appoint one and mom doesn't want to pay for it and your, you know, pocketbook is tight, um, you're really leaving it up to the judge to, to say who's going to pay. And the cost for parenting experts, it, it really depends on the type of expert. Um, in Colorado, we have the, the main ones are what's called a parental responsibilities evaluator. This is the most expensive or, um, you know, the biggest um, type of an expert. They do a very thorough investigation. They do mental health testing on each parent to see if there are any, uh, any warnings for mental health issues that might impact their ability to be a good parent. Um, and so they typically are going to range between 5000 to 7500 in Colorado. Now, that can be very different in other states. I, you know, practice out of Colorado Springs. It could be different in Denver, but that's around the range that we yeah. see. Um, and then the other top expert that we use is what's called a child and family um, investigator or CFI. And they range around 2,800 to 3,500. And they do everything that the parental responsibilities evaluator does, but they don't do mental health testing. So they will interview the children, they will interview the parents, they will talk to anyone that the parents think that the expert needs to speak with, whether it's the children's teacher or therapist or friends, um, it could be, you know, extended family. Um, and then they, you know, will write up a report. And so that's the one we typically use the most is the CFI. Um, but then, you know, there's no guarantee, you know, like you mm -hmm. said, that it's going to come out in the client's favor. And then yeah. the question is, you know, what, what have we just paid for, you know? <laughs> right, right. You just so. burned some money. And mm -hmm. that's, that kind of, the, as we kind of wrap up the, the topic that brings up the subject of, okay, I don't like this report. I asked for it. Can I go hire another expert in hopes that they can counter that expert? Is that logistically, yes. realistically possible? Uh, I would say most of the time it is. And that is something that we always discuss with clients when they're unhappy with the first recommendation. Mm -hmm. Depending on the time frame that you have, the judge may or may not allow it, but the statute does allow the ability to request one from the court. Um, and the big issue with rebuttal experts is always the same as with the first expert. You have no guarantee that their investigation is going to come up with a different result. Yeah. And so there's always that risk that you decide to do a rebuttal expert um, because you feel like the first expert didn't, you know, interview someone or they, you know, missed uh, an issue or, or whatnot. And you're hoping that this rebuttal expert is going to come in and, and, you know, basically change the tide. And then what happens sometimes is their recommendation is exactly the same as the first. And then right. what you've done is you've kind of, you know, made the recommendation even worse because now yeah. you've got two experts saying the same thing to the judge. Yeah, you went so all in with a, a you went all in with a two, three unsuited, and uh, <laughs> it's a big gamble, right? Yes. You know, kind of as I always try to use this, this, this <laughs> yes. all them kind of you know examples, but it is. I mean, I think you may have no choice though. I mean, if it's settled for something that you feel is you know completely unacceptable. And mm -hmm. you're willing to roll it and, and see what happens. I think that is an opportunity for you to have a discussion with your attorney and just see what happens. 
Yes. Yeah, if money's not an issue because it is expensive, <laughs> right. right? You're you're doubling up your cost. It could be five grand, six grand now uh, that you're mm-hmm. out. And so, and certainly, if this expert comes back and both of them are, you know, no judge is going to uh, set aside two independent experts' you know opinions. So it is a little yeah, bit of a risk. Yeah, it yeah. is. Sure. Well, good, Jamie. Thank you for that information. It's so important. And I know guys have a lot of questions because it's, there are a lot of lawyers out there that don't use experts. They don't recommend them. They don't talk about them. And I, I'm a big fan of them, whether it's dealing with alimony, dealing with uh, division of assets, accountants and custody. I think it's, you get away from the, he said, she said, you try to find an independent person, have that conversation with your attorney, talk about whether or not it's appropriate for your case. And obviously, if you want to reach out to Jamie, again, we talked about it, 866-DANS-LAW or on the web at cordellcordell.com. So thanks for joining today, Jamie. Appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. Again, you can find us on the web at cordellcordell.com. Continue to tune in to our podcast that we have twice each week. And then again, in August, we're going to have our virtual town hall coming up. We just had one in July where you can log in live, ask questions live of our panel of Cordell and Cordell attorneys and get answers. So until next time, have a great week. 